Welcome to By Design. I'm Lynn. And I'm Danette. You can find us on social media. We're at By Design Podcast. We would love it if you would listen, um, follow along, read our posts. We have- Subscribe and maybe leave a review. Yeah, we could use a review or two. <laughs> um, today's a fun day for us. We yeah. need to talk to one of our favorite people. Yeah, Heather Holloman was with us today and she is like so full of truth, the Holy Spirit. It's, this is a really good one. So if you remember when we talked to her before, we were like, girl, you need to write another book about like being chosen or something like that, anything. And she was like, I am. And guess what? It's here. So we get to talk to her about her new book and make sure you go over to the website where you can purchase yours and buy one for a friend too. Right. It's available now, right? We got ours in the mail yesterday. So we're going to be reading it. So I'm sure like on the podcast, we're going to have our own episode about being chosen just to talk about what God's teaching us through whatever Heather has, you know, her genius. And seriously. So enjoy. Yes. How are you? It has been way too long since we've talked to you. Oh, I know. I know. Way too long. No. <laughs> Seriously, we've missed you. We have. I've missed you. But we're excited because the world has a new dose of Heather Holloman. <laughs> oh my God. There is a new dose. There is a new dose. We just got our books yesterday. We're so excited. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you for getting the book and thank you for having me on. This is, you guys are the very first interview I've done about Chosen. You're my Yay. very first one. Oh, well, man, if you're not first, you're last. So, <laughs> Oh, you're funny. You're so funny. Um, I <laughs> love, I love first off because I'm such a visual person. I, I love like the theme all your books have, um, like the font and the design and the picture. Mm-hmm. Like I, they're beautiful. Oh my goodness. Moody Publisher has such a talented team. They have such great designers and the share images when people are promoting the book they just do such a good job don't you think oh yeah mm-hmm. but like seated and guarded and now chosen for christ yeah. this is like so exciting and the book even feels good the outside of the book like i was reading it this morning at mcdonald's like i read one page but it was <laughs> You're a- sitting at mcdonald's this morning we haven't talked about that yet. <laughs> oh my god I- let's talk about that let's talk about that are we already going no, is this already recording yes we're recording this today why I- were you at mcdonald's this morning because i have an hour between school drop off oh. so i take rage to the play Place. Oh, smart. And there's nobody there. But McDonald's is pretty rad. Is that even a good word? Oh, yeah. It's really snazzed up. The one over by Starbucks by oh, us. Oh, yeah. Anyway, it's so I like have my computer. That's I have smart. books and rages. You're so smart. Yeah. So I was like just wondering if you wanted to have diarrhea. Or not. <laughs> and that will be cut. <laughs> I didn't eat the food. Rage, rage ate probably three hash browns, though. Oh, that's good. Anyway, sorry, Heather. Squirrel. McDonald's. Wait, anytime. no, I just. I just thought of something else while we're talking that um, I have to like do my do not disturb. So all these people don't text me. Oh, Let me yeah, do that. There we right go. Now. I just did that. Okay. Well, yeah, no, I've got a, my daughter text me from school. She has to dress um, in the eighties tonight for marching band. So I've been collecting um, oh. a true 1980s outfit for her. It involves oh. a lot of lace. <laughs> Can this you, awesome. are you going to do her hair though? Are you going to tease it and like make it big? Oh yes. Okay. Find she just Aquanet. texted me. She just said, could, I, could you tease my hair mom? And I was like, oh girl, I even have a lace <laughs> bow for you. A huge Madonna bow. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Awesome. A Madonna bow. Way to go mom. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. This is my chosen life. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay. So tell us about like what, How are you celebrating this week with a launch? Well, you know what's so funny? I am terrible at celebrating these things. Um, 
mostly, well, this morning I mailed out um, 10 copies to just my um, close family members and um, my nieces. So they're all going to get a book at college and things Mm -hmm. like that. And then mostly I just pray and thank God that he allowed me to write one more book and that it would, he would use it in people's lives. But I'm really bad at celebrating. What do you think I should do? Go out to dinner or something? I don't know. Yeah. I think you should. If we live closer, we'd take you up to dinner. Oh yeah. Yes. I'm celebrating with you all since this is the very first interview. I just printed out my press kit. I bet you they didn't even send you my press kit. So you don't even know questions to ask. I just thought about that. (laughs) That's awesome. So yeah, they give me all these really hard questions that I'm supposed to answer on the radio and on podcasts. So this will be much easier. I love it. Oh, whoops. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) That's okay. We know you well enough to know you're awesome. So, yes, and we have yes. we've read all your books, so we have just that foundation to build on. We know. Yes, you don't need the questions. You don't need anything. We just prepared. need you. Yes. just give us more, Heather. <laughs> Heather, seriously, I have to tell you, we are about to leave like in a couple of days, and we're going to Guatemala, and we're we're leading um, this group of women through your included with in Christ book, the Bible study you did. I dare say it could be the, one of the best Bible studies I've ever done in my life. Oh, that means so much to me. I love Ephesians and the stories that each woman writes. Oh my gosh, yes. Seriously. And then the fact, like, I've done it before and doing it again, like, a year later. It's just, it's one of those ones that I I feel like I need to do every year. Like, it's Mm -hmm. one of those ones because there's just different areas that speak to you differently. You know, where God has you in your you know, yes. in your walk. So, oh my gosh, I just love it. I'm so excited for these women, but we need to have this translated in every, like, all we your books need, need to Spanish. be in every language on the earth. Well, <laughs> seated is in Korean, but that's the only translation I have so far. But I heard that you emailed Moody to see if they would do a Spanish translation. Sure that would be so wonderful. Sure did. Yep. I was like, can you please get all of her books in Spanish? All of them? Yeah. <laughs> we need them. So... That would be wonderful. I love it. You guys have always been such encouragers and supporters. It's so great. I think every author needs friends who support her. Like Mm -hmm. you guys support me. You've really supported me all these years. Thank you. Oh my goodness. We love you. Well, God has like totally like he speaks through you and he reveals. I love your love of language and Mm -hmm. the way you interpret that. Um, And you know, when you write Heather, you're not just writing and telling your stories you're, it's all about the word of God yeah. and that's the powerful that, you know, it doesn't return it, void. And... That's how come you can do the Bible study again, Lynn. And yeah. it means something new now because it's based on God's word and the Holy Spirit speaks through that. That's so right. there's not enough of these books. I don't feel right. Like, you know, so, so tell us about uh, chosen. Okay. Chosen. I love chosen. Well, you know, because it included, I started to look at that verb chosen from Ephesians Mm 1, and I was like, I just, you know those experiences in God's Word that you just pass over certain Bible verses because you don't know how to think about them? I've never let myself uh, um, understand what it meant that I was God's chosen child because I didn't, you know, it it felt like too theological of a verb. What do I think about predestination and all those words I didn't understand? But I just looked at Ephesians 1, God chose us before the creation of the world, and that we're chosen according to the plan of Him who works out everything in conformity to the purpose of His will. And I thought, God, I don't know, you know, how you choose 
people, but you know what I care about is why you choose people. So I began to search the scriptures, like, why would God choose us for himself? Like, what is our life supposed to look like every day? You know, and then I also looked where Jesus says in John 15, 16, I chose you and appointed you that, that and appointed you to bear fruit. And then, of course, in First Peter 2, the verse I can't stop thinking about, First Peter 2, 9, that we're a chosen people, a royal priesthood a holy nation, God's special possession. And then I saw that you may declare the praises of him who brought you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. So I just began to search the scriptures. Every time I found that word that God chose us for something, I made a list and this book came out of just me thinking through, God, did you choose me for the life I'm living to belong to Christ? And then what am I supposed to do every day? What is this? Am I missing out on anything (laughs) as your chosen daughter. So the book is called Chosen for Christ, Stepping into the Life You've Been Missing, because it's about the seven invitations of what a chosen person can do every day. So that was this book. I just couldn't get over the verb chose. That's amazing. I love that you asked the right question. Like you didn't, like not the right question, but like you didn't get hung up on the how. Like how Mm -hmm. does God, like we can't understand the ways of God, you know, our thoughts and God's thoughts. But, you know, why? Mm -hmm. That's, that is just so encouraging like yeah and being chosen the the whole like theological aspect of it it's a it's kind of a stumbling point for some people you know they get caught up in predestination and is this me um you know what i mean you get you but instead i think you talked to me about this before heather maybe it was on um a previous episode when you gave us you were talking to us about chosen but explain that to us because you had kind of i think you had some kind of a thought process behind like not focusing on the predestination Well, there's so, you know, I've been in church communities that have divided over this issue. Mm -hmm. I've been in communities where people break fellowship in tears, Mm -hmm. whether or not you believe, you know, God, does God choose everyone? Does God only choose certain people? Can you resist his will? You know, all these things. And it became so divisive and so upsetting and people not being able to unite as a body of Christ. And I thought to myself, you know, I know that God chooses people. But I don't know if I'm ever going to have all the peace I need to understand the doctrine of election and Mm -hmm. predestination and, you know, my free will in it. Did did I have anything to do with responding to Christ? Was it only the Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit? You know, all those questions. And so even though I know now that I'm much more in line with the, you know, more traditional view that I do believe in predestination and election— I still think that the body of Christ can come together under the idea of why does God choose people? Why did he send Christ to bring a people to himself? And that, I, and even in Colossians 1, that all things are made by Christ and for Christ, that everything on earth is for him. Amen. So that we are chosen for him, for a person. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I'm not going to ever answer all these deep theological questions. So what if I just focus on Jesus that he came to seek and save the lost? And so there's a chapter in there, a part of the book called what if I don't feel chosen? And it's sort of a gospel presentation for people who want to know, you know, assurance of salvation, those kind of things. But yeah, you're right. I I honestly will tell you right now, I do not know how to have a good answer for people. And that is, mm. you know, that's why there are theologians. That's why there are wonderful pastors who help people think through those issues. Right. But the beauty of what you're looking at is it's not, um, you know, we're not, we're not becoming, we're not fighting over a concept. Instead, we're looking at what we are. We are chosen and what that means to us instead of, you know, getting 
tripping over the doctrine and never getting to the real meat of it, the beautiful part, mm. what yes. it means to be chosen. Yes. yes. And it is, yeah, it is a mystery. So that's why I was like, you know what? I am okay searching God's word to talk about what God wants me to do every day as his chosen mm. child and then helping other people understand their chosen identity. So that's right. Mm. So yay. Well said. Well said. <laughs> yes. For laughing because um, it, it's actually your well said, Heather. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I love how you have broken it into parts. You do that in your books. I love it. Um, and the seven invitations of like live is like walking in your chosenness. Is that even a word? Yes. Okay. Yes. 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 <laughs> I, 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 I ain't so smart sometimes. <laughs> so, um, but I love how you broke that up into like the, the invitations of like worship, live as God's treasure possession, belong to a new family, complete good works, display God's power, become like Jesus and live differently from the world. Why do you think it's so hard for people to like walk in that, like in those areas? I think because they're waiting. Honestly, I think because we're all waiting for a different life. We're all waiting to be Mm. chosen for something. We're all waiting for either we think we're living a miserable life that we're trying to change or we're waiting for this new life to begin. And really in every moment of your day, so no matter how ordinary or, you know, strange your day may feel, that every day we're invited to worship him. Um, every day we're invited to experience his goodness. Every day we're invited to find our place in God's family hmm. and just think of the good works he has right now and think about displaying his power and, and that the circumstances we're in are to conform us to the image of Christ that we're chosen to become like the son and that we're living differently from the rest of the world. So I think people don't often think of what, what, is available to me today as I'm washing dishes, mm-hmm. as I'm off to my job. So it's kind of a, a way to look at um, once someone comes to Christ and they and they ask the question, how then shall I live? Right. I'm really hoping it's a good discipleship book because you have all these invitations available each day and a way to think about life as it happens to you. Um, and so like in the worship chapter, I talk about, you know, since we're made you know, if you think about why in the history of the nation of Israel, why God rescued them from Egypt, from slavery in Egypt, it was so they may worship him. You know, that everything is about, you know, we are designed to worship. I mean, Tozer even says worship is like our full-time occupation. I love yeah. that. Don't you yeah. love that? I love so, that. um, I just love, you know, the idea that you can extol the Lord at all times. You know, the psalmists are always like, his praise is always on my lips. So really it's cultivating an awareness of God's presence. That's what worship is. So wherever you are cultivating an awareness of God's presence, he's with you. The Holy Spirit helps you worship God. You're adoring him wherever you are. And then in that chapter, I talk about one of the ways God's been teaching me to cultivate an awareness of God's presence and divine activity is to look for how he's providentially arranging my circumstances to care for me. I look at how he is a provider. So he is always providing. He can't help but provide. And I love Psalm 47, 6. He's an ever-present help in time Mm -hmm. of need. So I just start worshiping him when I'm like, thank you, Jesus, that I had a need. You provided. And I just respond in worship. Mm -hmm. Um, So things like that. you know, but also I think a lot of people are so afraid of prosperity gospel right. and that their theology would get wrong that they forget what God, what God's word says about right. how he treats us as his treasure possession. So like, even if you just did the first two um, invitations, you know, that you can worship today, 
But what if you really believed you were God's treasure possession? Because the scriptures are so clear that this is a God. If you look at Jeremiah, he never stops doing good to you. Romans 10, he richly blesses all who call on him. 1 Timothy 6, he will richly provide everything for your enjoyment. And then the last two, what about Psalm 103? He satisfies your desires with good things. Mm-hmm. And Psalm 35, 27, he delights in our well-being. I don't think people are used to seeing God as that generous with us. Mm-hmm. And that you look for the signs that you're his treasure possession. So I'll say to the girls, you know, when they leave for school, you know, remember that you're God's treasure possession. Look for evidence of his care for you today. Mm. You know, look for the signs that he has done these things. And it really does make the day so beautiful and so just full of joy to like see everything as coming from his hand. Right. You know? Yeah. I feel like though in my in my walk with him, I there was a time of my life where I just knew the things and I didn't necessarily choose to live in what he says he who he is. So like not living with joy and like the fruit, like not choosing to walk in these things when that's who God is. And if I'm made in his likeness, I'm, I'm not, if that makes sense. Well, yeah. And Satan wants to blind you to the good things that God is doing. Think of, I always think about this. Eve was in paradise. She had everything and Satan was able to tempt her that she was missing something. So she had everything. He blinded her to everything she had. And, and made her, her mind to like, yeah. did God say he? Yes. Yes. And teaching, teaching children, you know, even though I have teens, I'm constantly like, look, we need to reshape our mind yeah. to see that everything is coming from God's hand. And even with this like eighties um, costume yesterday, Sarah burst through the door and she says, mom, we need to go shopping right now. I need a costume for marching band. And my neighbor was standing there out of the blue, my neighbor down the road, and she was like, oh, I have a costume for you. You, I'll bring it over tomorrow. I've got all the jewelry. I've got everything. And just like I looked at Sarah, I was like, oh, my gosh, God is such a provider. Like, mm. here you are needing something. And, and we didn't have to see it as divine provision, but all things are made for him and by him. He is in everything, and all in him all things hold together. Why don't we train ourselves to see you know, God is at work. And some people might even say, well, I don't know, you know, is that really theologically accurate to say that he sent your neighbor to provide for you? I don't know. But what, why, why can't I see that as God <laughs> providing for me? You know, yeah. I don't know. In the heavenly realms, I can say, God, did you send that neighbor at that time to provide for my daughter? I do not know the answer, but I choose to believe it is true because you know, he delights in our well-being. He gives us good things. Mm-hmm. You know, he we're his treasure possession. And I think he, you know, you know, in Matthew, when it says that even the number of hairs on our head, he counts them and we're so we're worth so much more than sparrows. You know, just, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's a beautiful passage in Matthew about how he just cares for us. Yeah. And I think that you know, that's the smoke and mirrors of Satan that he doesn't want us to even feel free to say God is in these small details. Like God's love is so overwhelming and he's so in the small things, you know, that it's it's hard to say that was him. But if we have a sovereign God who loves us enough to give us his own son, I, I'm pretty sure that he would care about, you know, <laughs> yes. every day. Yes, yes. I love what you were talking about, um, about how Eve had everything in the garden. 
um, and how doubt came. I, I just, you know, I think that Satan is whispering these things in our ear every day and you calling out to your daughters, you know, to remember your God's treasured possession and to look for God. You know, we get lost in the world. Our kids get lost at school and we think that life is about school. We think that life is about you know, what we see to the right or to the left. And it's not, it's, it's about knowing him and bringing him glory. And, you know, like what you were saying, the verse in Colossians, like that is my verse, man. He is before all things and him, all things hold together. This is for, it's all by him and for him. And I love how you remind your kids of that. What a, um, like an example, like I'm going to do that, you know, say that to my kids before they get out of the car, say it to myself every day over and over Well, it makes your day really fun. I mean, there's a lot of anxiety and depression. You know, I'm teaching at Penn State, and, you know, students have so much pain in their life, so Mm -hmm. much sadness, so much despair, and just helping people lift their eyes even a little bit. I mean, sometimes the name game is say your name and a piece of good news, just so they are training themselves to think about good things. You know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. there is good news today. I don't know. So that is an important chapter for me just to help me think, you know, God chose us as his treasure possession. And all through the Old Testament, it says that we are chosen. Mm-hmm. He chose us to be his treasure possession. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Um, I love the verse, and I, you talk about this, like, right in the beginning of your book. Um, it's in John fifteen sixteen about how we are chosen and appointed to go and bear fruits. Oh, I know. Oh, my gosh. Like, yes. If, oh, my goodness. So, gospel. Tell us about that verse, please. Well, I like that verse for two reasons. First is it's so clear that Jesus is like, I chose you. And if you look through the number of times in scripture, God um, calls people by name, like you just get so warm to Jesus. So if you're sitting here listening and you imagine Jesus personally selecting you, that is powerful. But then the second part of the verse is that he appointed you. So gave you authority and direction to bear the fruit that he ordained for your life. That's why we're still here. I mean, he could sanctify us and take us into his presence immediately. If you're wondering, you know, why am I still here on earth? Why aren't I just in heaven with Jesus? It's amazing to think that if you're still here, there is fruit left for you to bear. He appointed you for fruit. And then in Ephesians 2.10, it says that he created us in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So I like to think, okay, God, you've got fruit for me to bear today. You chose me and appointed me to bear fruit. Let me um, walk with you closely, open my eyes. What is the fruit going to be? And I think of fruit as the fruit of good, you know, where you're an agent of blessing in people's lives. It's Mm -hmm. part of your fruit. But the second thing is you're an agent of proclamation. So you're leading people to Christ. I think it's a call to evangelism for sure. And then you can also think of fruit as in you're bearing the fruit of the Holy Spirit in the world. Like if you think of Galatians 5, that you are emanating that fruit of the Holy Spirit wherever you go. But a lot of people are like, what do you mean by fruit? You know, it's the good works he's prepared for you, but it can have to do with your character, but also that you just move into spaces as an agent of blessing and proclamation wherever you go. Even the grocery store, even the grocery store, you just, you're an agent of blessing and proclamation. Hmm. That's so cool. It Just the today aspect, you know, like the grocery store, while our kids are at school, while we're doing the laundry, while we're exasperated with a million things coming at us like if we're calling out that we're chosen and reminding ourselves of this like a part of that is bringing god glory and that in itself is a fruit you know like bringing glory to god as we call him into the everyday space like amen heather so exciting yes 
I love it. Okay. So then you, mm-hmm. in chapter three, I, I'm just loving this book because I, okay. Are you going to do like a tour with this? <laughs> tour? Well, I am. Can I, can I, I ask have... Moody for that too? We'll follow <laughs> <Yes>. you. <laughs> well, I am. I already have all my speaking engagements booked through um, the end of next year. So I do have, Wow. Um, I'm doing seated, guarded, chosen retreats for women. And then I'm speaking at crew winter conferences just on chosen. And one of the things I love talking about, because whenever you do a talk on a book, you can't talk on the entire book. You right. usually have about 20 to 40 minutes. So do you know what I've seriously been speaking on? You guys are going to die. Mm-hmm. Where it says that we're chosen for a royal priesthood. I do a talk on that chapter of chosen where it's, it's, it's the next section about being consecrated to him. When God chose us as a royal priesthood, it's so weird to see yourself as a royal priest presently. Like New Testament, you're a royal priest. I began to ask, what does a chosen priest do? And I began, every time a priest does anything, I began to circle it. And I thought, really, a priest does three things. They bless, they explain God's word to people, and they lead with the atoning sacrifice. They can't go into the temple without the atoning sacrifice. And I thought, in the New Testament, a priest... Under Jesus is our high priest, wherever we go, whatever space we enter into, we're chosen as the royal priest, which is the highest designation available to mankind. We are blessing, we explain God's word to people, and we lead with Jesus as our atoning sacrifice, leading people to him, radiating the presence of Christ with the aroma of Christ. It's such a rich theological term, and it has changed everything about how I see myself, especially in the classroom and in my work environment. People are always asking me what my title is, and it's so funny. I just burst into tears because I'm like, well, technically, I'm the royal priest here. <laughs> and so and so last semester, since I was like, look, I'm a royal priest. God has appointed me to pronounce blessing in his name. If you look at, like, the Levitical priesthood, it says, step forward. The Lord has chosen you to minister and pronounce blessing in his name. And if you look at Nehemiah, when they lose God's word, the Levites are the one in the crowd that are explaining God's word to people, the plain meaning of it. When Ezra stands up to read the law and everyone's crying, if you look at that passage, you'll get chills because it says that Ezra stood up to read God's word, but then the Levites had to go out into the crowd to explain it to people. And I felt like I was saying to me, you are the royal priest in this setting, go into the crowds and explain God's word to people. But anyway, last semester, I asked my students if I could pronounce a blessing over them because I believed that every person should have someone pronounce a blessing over them. And and technically, I'm the royal priest in that setting. And so I raised my hands and pronounced a blessing over them. And my Jewish students were so Mm. grateful and honored. And several of my students burst into tears. Because no one had blessed them. And, and you know what? I couldn't remember the ironic benediction in Numbers. I couldn't remember the blessing that God gave to Aaron. And that's the one that says, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine. shine upon you. I couldn't remember that. So guess what blessing I gave? <laughs> the Irish blessing. <laughs> I just said. That's beautiful. You know, I didn't to cry. Aww. And the always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face. And the rain soft upon your fields, and until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. I started crying. They started crying. And I thought, this is powerful. 
I pronounce blessing wherever I go. It's kind of a joke now. I will ask people, can I just pray a blessing over you? No one has said no. No one. <laughs> that is I have awesome. like atheists in my life. I have a lot of people who not only don't know the Lord, but they're not interested. They're, oh they're actually gosh. proclaimed atheists and they will want to receive a blessing wow. from me. Just when I say, can I pronounce a blessing over your job search or can I bless your baby? No one says no. I think so. your next book is called Appointed, <laughs> and you can write about it. Oh, I know, I know. Well, I may write an evangelism book for Moody, and part of the that book, it may be called Sent or Look Up, oh, I'm not sure, so but good. just about our, our I got role goosebumps. in Sorry, any when you setting. said that, I got goosebumps. About Sent? You yes. like Sent or Look Up? Sorry, okay. when you said I haven't done the, I haven't done the proposal yet, so, but just about seeing yourself as that person in every setting, so... It kind of makes me, and I don't know if your listeners would love this, but you know that insecurity you get sort of like when you're looking for your seat at the table, that same kind of feeling of seated mm-hmm. when I'm able to walk into like a meeting and think, okay, I'm the royal priest here. My job is to bless, bring people to God's word and bring people to Jesus. It has changed my life. Uh. Can you imagine going into the PTO meeting as a royal priest? Your job is to bless, you know? It's so crazy. What are the three things again? You said blessing. Okay, you bless, you explain God's word, and you always lead with the atoning sacrifice. And you can search the Old Testament and distill the activity of the priests that God set apart, the Levitical priesthood, because a lot of people don't understand why there's a priesthood in the Old Testament. And then they get to 1 Peter, and they're like, well, what do you mean I'm a royal priesthood? I thought Jesus was our high priest. There aren't priests anymore. I don't need a priest. Well, you are the priest. You are not the priest. And you carry Jesus wherever you go. So you are the priest. So it's kind of deeply, again, theological. But I like to picture, if you watch The Crown, you know when she's coronated, when Queen Elizabeth... Do we watch The Crown? Yes. (laughs) Okay. Well, I don't know what picture comes to your mind, but think about the authority you have as the the highest royal authority. So you're royal. You sound farther away all of a sudden when you started talking about... (laughs) she's gone hey i don't know if my headphones just died so can you hear me now yes i can hear you now you're a little bit quieter but um okay i will talk loud that's okay we this is our week of um technical boo-boos so it's okay seriously i think satan's trying to discourage me because i have like a gazillion things to do and everything's going wrong. Everything's going wrong. And I need to get ready for this trip and, you know, family and all that stuff. So, Oh my gosh, you guys are the Royal priests in Guatemala. You just go and you've got authority to bless (laughs) God's word. You're going to be awesome. Amen. God's called us to it. He'll see us through it. So Lindsay's going to be awesome. (laughs) Um, So so keep talking. So sorry. So go back and talk about that again. Sorry, the Levitical. Well, people don't understand why they're reading the Old Testament. It's so confusing. They're like, well, I don't understand all this priesthood stuff. It makes no sense. And then Jesus comes and there's no more priesthood because he's the high priest. So what do you do with a passage like 1 Peter 2, 9, where it says, well, you are a royal priesthood. So now you become the royal priest, which is the highest designation. You've got the royalty of a king, the the high, high honor of priest. Combine those, you're a royal priest in any setting. It's just so powerful. It makes me feel different. Even in my home, like I walk around, you know, blessing my children, explaining God's word, always talking about Jesus. I mean, that is my role. I'm the royal priest here. I don't know. It's really changed my life. Yeah, that, I mean... 
I'm blown away by this concept and I am going to walk around like royalty. I'm serious. It's so- better late than never because I feel like I should know this. You know, I've read it. Oh my gosh. I didn't know this until last July. Right. Like, I why don't we? Until- oh, I love this. I love the way God reveals his word to yes. you, Heather, for you to well, share it with nobody- us. Nobody talks about it. And so, and I couldn't find any books on the royal priesthood. So guess what? I found a sermon by Charles Spurgeon in the 1800s called The Consecration of Priests. Hmm. And it was about how we're chosen and our sacred character is to be the royal priest. And he has a good sermon that explains why God, through the whole Old Testament, he's showing us what are the qualifications for our priesthood. And Jesus meets every qualification. He The priests needed special clothing. Jesus clothes us. We needed an anointing. We have the Holy Spirit. We needed to be washed with water. You know, we need an aroma. We need an incense. That's why we're the aroma of Christ. It's beautiful to compare the Old Testament to the New and what it means that we are now the royal priest. It's going to change your life, girls. It will change your life. Amen. Well, I love this too because one of the Bible studies right now going on at, at Calvary here is on Leviticus. They're doing the precept of Leviticus. So I just know like that so many of our listeners that are that are in this, it's gonna just make it come another area for it, mm-hmm. like to shine a light on God's word and make it come alive. I love it. Well, you talk about the best question to ask, and it's when Jesus looked at Peter and said, Who do you say I am? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I feel like that's something that um I have to remind myself of in my walk. Like, who do I say God is? Do I believe him to be, you know, that he made all things, you know by him for him you know do i really believe this do i really walk in this am i really teaching this to my kids and like that really is and i think tozer i think he comes up with that in um like the the best question too like he or the number one question you'll ever ask is how you view god like yeah yes i love that well he says what doesn't he say what you say about jesus is the most important thing about you yes or something something like yeah, that yeah it just reminded me of that. And it's like, it just goes back. Like we need to keep reminding ourselves like who we say God is. Like, who do we say he is? Do we put him in this little box that is like our genie when we need him? Or do we believe him to be all powerful God who holds all things? So how did this, well, how did that question oh. relate to the the chosen question real quick, Lynn? Um, yeah. Well, like how did, how does that verse relate to being chosen? Heather, can you explain? Well, it's because when I began to tell people about this book I was writing on chosen, Either a woman was like, oh, yes, tell me why I'm chosen. Or the woman would grab me by the hands with fear in her eyes. Mm -hmm. And she would say, what if I don't feel chosen? Right. And I wrote a chapter about, okay, don't ask that question anymore. That's not an important question. Mm -hmm. The important question is, who do you say Jesus is? Because if you look at the scriptures, it says, like, think of 1 John 5, 11. This is a testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in the Son. Whoever has the son has the life. Whoever does not have the son does not have the life. And just say to people, do you have the son? Who do you say Jesus is? And that Mm. helps people not live in fear that they are not one of the elect. Because I don't know the answer to that question. And nobody can answer that for them. But you can quote John 1.12 to all who receive him, to those who believe in his name. He gave the right to become the children of God. Now, I was someone who prayed all of those verses. I believed in Jesus. I knew that um, 
that God had given me eternal life. And then I kept doubting. I kept thinking, Mm -hmm. oh, well, I'm not one of his elect. I don't feel chosen. I don't feel chosen. And my sister was the one, you know, she took me out to a coffee shop in college and she was like, look, you've got to stop basing this on your feelings. You know, you have received Christ. The issue is settled. You've confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. You believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You are saved. I think it's for people who, I wrote that chapter really for that young girl that I was at 18 who doesn't feel chosen. And also for people who just get really caught up, like, well, too bad. I'm not one of the elect. Well, that let's look at the scriptures. Who do you say Jesus is? Is it true that whoever comes to him, he will never drive away? So that chapter is really about assurance of salvation, which helps people move on into their chosen life. Mm, that's awesome. I, I've tripped over that same thing in my life. I mean, sometimes even just the whispers of Satan get in and I'm like, is this real to me? And then I have to remind myself, like, do I, what do I believe in? Would I, you know, Jesus is everything, of course. Like if I'm saying those words and I believe it, then that's the work of the Holy Spirit, right? Like that means yes. I'm chosen. So I don't have yes. to worry about being exactly. chosen. If I believe it and I want to like, is my desire to live for Christ? Then hello, that has to be from the Holy Spirit. Exactly. I'm chosen. Yeah. What even a perfect way to ask, answer that question. Yes. Even people asking the question, what if I don't feel chosen indicates the Holy Spirit is at work. Amen. Yeah. So I would, I would put your heart at rest. If you're listening and you're like, my heart is not at rest. I would put your heart at rest. You know that you belong to Jesus. The Holy Spirit testifies that you're a child of God and then begin to believe it and not live in that condemnation. And so my sister really had to remind me of the Bible verses and really it, it took months for me to just settle the issue. Okay. I belong to you, God. I'm your chosen daughter. So I really do think you need to have that moment with people where you can even say, you know, when did you receive Christ as Lord? When was that day? So, and then let's, you know, that that's the day you crossed over from death to life. That's the day your spirit became alive. And then Because I do think Satan wants you to not realize that you're a child of God. I think he works to blind you. Right. Even like when you said, even when we have it all, like Eve had everything in doubt. You know, Satan was whispering doubt. Man. Yes. We're chosen people. We've got it all. God is amazing and will display his power in your life. That's Mm. what I So this this book is going to be available wherever books are sold, right? He us to reveal himself. And And I really encourage you, if you're listening today, to to go to our website, go to bydesignpodcast.com. We will have a link there for you to go and grab your copy. You guys, Thanksgiving is coming up and Christmas. And I I cannot tell you enough that her, this author, she is just obviously like you can hear her. Um, the passion and her her calling when she talks about things. She's so knowledgeable. God's just really gifted this woman. So you really want to get this book for um, the women and the friends in your life and grab a few girls and, and read it through together because these these are reads that are important because um, what we do with our life here really, really does matter and how we view ourselves as chosen or not and how we are living out because it has a ripple effect. So Make sure you go and you get this book. Go get this book. You're so funny. You're so you're such a good. You're such a good sales. I love it. You're amazing. Oh, I'm bossy. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> get the book. Thanksgiving. You're welcome. Check. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. So, Heather, tell us a little bit about. I love how you um, sometimes you'll post about nature and the things that that God's doing around you in this beautiful time of year. And I just feel like God's design this time of year is so beautiful for us mm. to enjoy it's such a gift and 
what are you finding joy in right now? Ooh, is this where I get to talk about design? <laughs> yes. Well, you know, I you're going know. further away from us. <laughs> Come back. Come back. My voice? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're Look. going down the tunnel. Let me see. Okay. What about oh, this? Oh, there you are. There you are. Oh. Okay. I'm so sorry. No, this no, that's good. Been... I just wanted to bring you back. Okay. I'm back. Um, you know, I don't know, you know, I'm not like the best mother in the world. I don't know a lot of things, but one thing I've learned is how important celebrating the change of seasons is for my children. I didn't even put this in them. They really care a lot about us transitioning to fall and putting up fall decorations. And I was like, you know, we don't have a big budget. So yes, there's pine cones and painted acorns in my house, but every year, we allow them to buy one new fall decoration. And it's a big deal because we go out and we buy one decoration to add in. And so, and if you're listening and you're like, well, what do you mean? Well, we put out new placemats. I put out a little acorn garland in front of the TV with some like pumpkins. And um, we put up a little painting, a little harvest painting, um, Things like that. Just simple little things. And then we have like a hay bale out front with a mm-hmm. little um, ceramic mm-hmm. pumpkin on it. But um, this year, the thing they re- they wanted to buy, which I thought was so cute, was these little turkey salt and pepper shakers. Oh, so in the middle of our table, we have these little turkey ceramic salt and pepper shakers. Oh so I love the fall. I love acorns so much. I love um, the changing leaves and we're blessed because we live in Pennsylvania Yeah, and it is extraordinary. The gold and the um, burnt orange leaves are just coming out. So I just love putting little things around. And the other thing is, is I love the scent of fall. So I do mulling spices. I don't know if I've talked to your listeners about that, but even yesterday, it humidifies your kitchen. And it's really good if you're like trying to rise bread or you've got yeast that you're trying to feed. If you put on, you know, it'll just make your kitchen warmer and more humid for doing that. But I'll do like ginger and um, Mm -hmm. lemon with cinnamon and just have that bubbling, you know, simmering on the stove and then the whole house smells so good. I did this last year because of you. I love that stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So just little things. And then um, it's just cozy. And then we do different meals in the fall. So tonight we're doing a butter, doesn't it sound amazing? I'm doing a butternut squash, um, goat cheese, penne pasta bake. What? Doesn't that sound amazing? It. Can wow. you share yeah, that recipe so, with us? Well, I just found it. It's on the food network. So I think it's, is it Giada? How does she say oh, her yeah, name? Giada. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Butternut so squash. all it is, is you cook your, um, butternut squash with some onion and herbs, you know, do that. And then you mix it while it's hot with goat cheese and a little Parmesan cheese, I think, and then walnuts. <gasps> and then you mix it in the penne. And doesn't that just sound so yummy? So we're doing that tonight with a big Caesar salad before Sarah does her 80s marching oh, band outfit. I'm going to make this. I make that this. Yes. Sounds Look amazing. up butternut squash I do. I have penne. three butternut squashes. I buy them and I they, they're beautiful and I just like to look at them and then I like to make them. So I totally... Well, you know, if you microwave them for three minutes and then just peel them with a carrot peeler, it's so easy to cut your butternut squash. What? Okay. Yes. What? Yes. Take You're your butternut genius. squash, cut the top and bottom what off. What has God not told you? <laughs> I don't know. Cut your top and bottom off, put a little fork, you know, fork holes in it and right. put it in your microwave for three minutes. 
It makes the skin soft enough that you can just use a carrot peeler. Literally, I can cut all my butternut squash in like five minutes and it's not hard on your wrist or your fingers. Right, you're not going to cut your fingers off because that's the hard part is like if the knife knife bends, like and my knives are not good news. Like we have the worst knives. Well, we know what to get you for Christmas. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Three minutes in the microwave. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Thank you. This is so great. Gosh, you're our favorite. I know. And I want to see some pictures. Can you like email us some pictures of your fall? What you're doing over there? Yes. Please send oh them. My gosh, we'll yes. put them in the post. Um, my kids, this is funny because last night and I, and you know what? I'm glad I had this conversation with you. Celebrate the seasons. This mama has to remember that. Cause like last night my son was like, it's like past bedtime. He's sitting on his bed with scissors and he's making all these different ghosts and like Things cutting him up like Rigby was doing this amazing little thing because he wants to hang them all over. Like he's Aww. like, remember yes. last year? And I and like I barely it's had so time for fun. it. He's like, everyone needs to pick one. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, I, um, yeah, I don't know so why. Cute. I think there's always that child in a family that's the keeper of traditions, and our keeper of traditions oh. is Kate. She's our 13 year old, the youngest. She's the one that's like, okay, it's time to light the harvest candle. It's time to put the you know the decorations out. So you need a keeper of the tradition. So I love that Ricky is I, is yeah. the keeper of the traditions. He He's Good. putting out the That's awesome. So. But thanks for putting words to what he is. So then I can celebrate that and not feel like kid. <laughs> One more thing for me to do. <laughs> it's no, fun, it is. It, it is. is. We have yes. to remember. Let's have fun and enjoy this weather and these people seriously you have filled my soul today. Talking to you has been good for my soul. So thank you, friend. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I could talk to you guys all day. Are you sure I gave you enough for your podcast? Oh yeah. Oh, it's so Girl, good. It's dripping with truth. <laughs> yeah, we're great. You're so funny. We could just keep okay, talking to you to... all day. Cool. Well, good. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you, sweet friend. Thank you. Thank you. You guys are so great. This has been awesome. So, okay. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Congratulations on book launch. Thank you. Have a great day. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.